The day is over, but the night has just begun. This is WTMJ Nights, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Here's your host, Brian Noonan. All right, well, welcome. Glad you are with us. It is Friday. We're happy that it's Friday. Mother Nature very upset about everything tonight. So we're going to keep our eyes peeled, and uh, Wyatt will be checking things out throughout the night, keeping us updated on the weather. want you to get involved in the program, 855-616-1620. That is the old National Bank talk and text line. If you want to jump in on the phone, you'll be talking to Justin. Be nice to him. He is terrified of tornadoes. He saw the Wizard of Oz as a child. He's never recovered. Uh, he's... Um, you know, he's afraid of an old uh, green woman on a bike How'd you pedaling know that? past him while we're doing the show tonight. If something, uh, if something were to happen, how'd you know that? So, wow. Uh, well, I just listen. I just know things. There's things. Justin, I do a lot of background checks on the people that I work with. <laughs> Not that I don't uh, trust you, but I, you know, I can't be working with some, I don't know, a would-be felon or uh, you know. Somebody who's a little sketchy, and that just came up. It, I used to be scared when bio. I was little. Used to have a little. Uh, I used definitely used to be scared of some tornado drills. <laughs> See, I, yeah, tornado drills. <laughs> we they don't do those much anymore at school. I, I think. I think. I. I hope all the kids got one today because I was thinking about that at school as as we're seeing you know the reports of all this stuff, and thankfully everything was supposed to hit you know the storms last night. I heard Greg talking about it. I slept through most of it, except my bedroom windows seem to get pelted. And I can hear, it sounds like somebody's throwing hands of uh, handfuls of gravel at my bedroom windows. But then, you know, they were saying, okay, the storms this afternoon and this evening weren't supposed to hit until after school. So I was like, all right. But as I was leaving today, I was like, boy, we haven't done a tornado drill in a while. So you didn't like the tornado drills? The the drills itself, I didn't really care about, but there was a time, I remember, I think I was like eight years old or something like that, and it was the first time the tornado siren like went off in my town, and I was scarred for probably like six months after that. Anytime there really? Was, anytime there was like a, even a slight like little just thunder outside, oh my God, I would freak out. I was terrified for some reason. I thought <laughs> we were all going to die. <laughs> Well, I can see little kids getting nervous about it. I remember one really bad tornado. I don't think it was an actual tornado, but it was a, you know, there were there were the sirens and the green sky and the whole thing when yeah. I was a kid. Um, and us being down, like we didn't have a a basement technically because I my parents had a split level house, so we had like a a family room, but it was only down like four steps, so it wasn't really the basement. It was basically. Six feet below ground level, so I don't know. I don't know how much things would have protected us, but now I actually I love severe weather. Uh, not enough to be a storm chaser. Me too. Those people too. have a uh, they're a little nuts. Uh huh. But I enjoy. You know, I get nervous obviously uh, about the house and and things like that. And I, you know, I've never been. I've been through. Severe thunderstorms here in the Midwest, you get used to that. The only weather that really scared me, and I, it wasn't me personally, it was my daughter, but I was on the phone with her during a hurricane. Uh, and that I was a little nervous about for her, even though I was I was far away. I'm listening to her describe what was going on, and that was nuts. But we're going to be, 
as I said, Wyatt's going to be jumping in all night to keep us updated. So don't worry if, uh, you know, hopefully you have one of these weather radios or something. And that leads us to the text question of the night. And then I want to delve back into more of your psyche, Justin, because I'm fascinated by your uh, continued fear of this. Uh, text question of the night. What precautions, if any, do you take before severe weather? 855-616-1620. So, how long how long did it take you to overcome that or are you still kind of no, freaked out? No, no, I like storms now. Like I definitely don't mind them at all. Um I would like even go outside if it's raining really hard. But nice. Yeah, but I don't it was probably a year. It was it was a while. Really? It, yeah, and I was scared scared too. Like I would start crying. Like I was I was definitely terrified. Well, for a kid that the yeah. tornado in Wizard of Oz is we don't know any different. It's pretty realistic. If yeah. things are getting thrown around, and people are getting sucked into another uh, vortex, and scarecrows are coming alive and dancing around. It is and flying monkeys are there. It is pretty scary. I was I was definitely older though than I would say a kid. I was probably like nine, <laughs> not, nine, nine or ten years old. Like I wasn't like six or seven. Okay, I gotta. I, I'm going to correct you there, Justin, and please don't take this the oh, wrong you're way. Oh, say that's not uh, a kid. Nine and ten year olds are still kids. Yeah, no, I know what you mean, but uh, crying because of a thunderstorm. Okay. Is, that, is that a little old? That might be a little too old. I thought I was at no, least. Listen, what, I, there's still people who are, there's adults who are afraid of thunderstorms. True. That is true. You know? That is true. Now, I would think that seeing the movie, did you ever see the movie Twister or did you just boycott yes. that one altogether? No, I, 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 saw, I saw that movie. That one would, that, that I would see, I, I would think, well, it doesn't have the flying monkeys in the witch. Yeah, so maybe it's say, not I as think scary. It could have been the Wizard of Oz, honestly. That kind of yeah. started that, and then that tornado siren went off, and I just freaked out. Yeah, the, when it, there's very few times I can remember the sirens going off, but that does add a, le a level of seriousness to the proceedings. I think the last time it was, what it's been within the last year, there was a storm and the sirens went off, and it was like, okay, we better get... Uh, we went down. We actually went in the basement, took the laptop because it it was fully charged, so I could listen to the radio or listen, uh, you know, to the radio and hear what was going on. And um, we sat down there, and it could have been worse. That's where the beer fridge is. So that's you know, if I've if I've got to be stuck downstairs, at least there was something to drink while we waited. Um, so that was good. But pet owners, I'm wondering. This is this happens to us. Our dogs will not listen. They will not come down in the basement. And part of me is like, well, then you get what you deserve. But then the other part of me is like, oh, my gosh, no, you got to get down here with us. So one, one we're able to coax down, and he comes down and lays on the couch down there. The other one, the old one, she's like, screw this. If it's my time, it's my time. And she goes up to, you know, she goes upstairs, and she's laying on her, on her little bed. And I'm like, okay, well, you know. I guess she knows better than me. Maybe she'll run down if, because they say dogs have a weird sense of things that are happening. So maybe she'll run down uh, after that. But who knows? Well, Justin, you know, big virtual hug. You know, I hope you'll be okay. <laughs> if you start to panic, tell me. We'll talk. We'll talk through it. I think in the avenue you should be safe. I need. I need, I need a thunder buddy. I really need a thunder buddy. I need one. I know of you do. I need it. I know. We got to get you. We got to get you. Or one of those uh, those blankets for uh, yes. thunder shirts I've that they give to the dogs. Yeah. We'll wrap you in a big thunder shirt. We'll swaddle you, and then you'll be able to uh, do it. Don't worry. 
I would be worried if you were upstairs at the studios, but you're not. That's upstairs. That's where the office folks work. They put the broadcasters down in the basement. And figuratively, that's probably a little disconcerting. But in times like this, it's perfect because now we're nice and safe. And the avenues, per the, the, a storm would really have to, uh, really have to work up some lather to get through the avenue, you know? think we'll be okay. Uh, our text question of the night, what precautions, if any, do you take for severe weather from the 262? Bring the beloved hamster. His name is Ryan. Ryan hold on. Uh, bring the beloved hamster. His name is Ryan Reynolds. Slow down, Brian. To the basement. So uh, your nervousness is rubbing off on me, Justin. Now I'm, uh, I'm terrified. So Ryan Reynolds, the hamster, is in the basement. Everything is right with the world. We're going to do this. Then when we come back, oh, my goodness, um, we'll keep answering. We'll keep reading your text question of the night answers. And we've got to talk about New York and a former president. We'll do all of that and more. It's WTMJ Nights. All right, Brian Noonan, WTMJ Nights. Got a couple of responses to our text question of the night. What precautions, if any, do you take before severe weather? Uh, we were also joking about Justin being scared of uh, severe storms and tornadoes when he was a child. Uh, from the 262, my son was scared of tornadoes throughout his youth and cowered every time storms threatened. Now he's a meteorologist who is in charge of a private forecasting service for contract clients. Wow. Talk about embracing your fears. He's like the Batman of weather. He went from, he went from being afraid of the storms to throwing himself in front of the storms. Very nice. I like that. Uh, another 262, I stand on my porch and hold my ground. All right, Lieutenant Dan, relax. <laughs> Guy strapping himself to his porch, cursing at the sky. I like that. It's kind of a kind of a weird visual just out there. It's almost as good as uh, Greg's visual of him in his brown robe and his Crocs. I now see this guy just standing out, shaking his fist at the heavens, screaming, get off my lawn. Uh, Taylor River Hills, Hills says, I buy some backup liquor, steaks, taco dip, and tortilla chips, then go through the McDonald's drive-thru and get about 20 breakfast burritos to put in the freezer. The problem, Taylor, is if the power goes out, now... Well, I don't know if it's a problem. Based on your, based on the beginning of your text, I don't know if it would be a problem for you to consume those twenty breakfast burritos. But I like your, uh, I like that the survivalist instincts just kick in with Taylor. Suddenly he's got, you know, he, he's down in his bunker, surrounded by canned goods and taco dip, and twenty frozen breakfast burritos. Now you're not scared of breakfast burritos, are you, Justin? Love breakfast burritos. If you don't love a breakfast burrito, uh, you really need to seek medical attention. Where do, where do you get yours? Uh, I I make them sometimes, okay, which yeah. are great. Those are probably better um, than fast there's, food. There's nowhere like McDonald's has an okay one. Um, they used to have a better one. Sometimes I'll get it if we go out to a breakfast place. Uh, this is now. I I don't mean this is a weird flex, but I, it it just is what it is. Uh, anytime I've been on a set, like a TV set or a commercial shoot set, Kraft Services always makes the bre best breakfast burritos. And I think it's because they have, they're giving it to people who are also working. So you need to be able to grab something in your hand and not sit down with a big plate of sausage and eggs and stuff. So if you're ever cast in a commercial, Justin, 
that's going to be the place to get your best breakfast burrito. Where is where's your go-to? Uh, I was going to say McDonald's, and then you kind of said it was average. Well, it's not. No, it's not. It's not average. It's fine. It's good. Um, there's some that are better. I I, I, I can agree to that. I'm a big I'm a McDonald's guy in the morning, so I go there a lot. I I am too. Yeah. I I'm actually planning on going to McDonald's tomorrow morning for breakfast because I have to leave early to go to my mom's house. There we go. And I was like, you know what? If I got to go deal with that, I'm gonna treat myself to a little McDonald's breakfast. So perhaps perhaps I'll have a breakfast burrito, or I'll just wait and go to Taylor's house after the storm passes because I know he's gonna have a surplus. So maybe you and I both zip through uh, zip through River Hills. He's got uh, twenty McDonald's breakfast burritos in his freezer. We'll thaw them out. We'll have a little breakfast party. Sounds good. Sounds super. Yeah, we'll good. stop there and get a fresh McCafe on the way. <laughs> there you go. A biscuit hash brown. <laughs> Sure. Oh, yeah. We've got to bring some hash browns with and, uh, you know, get a nice mocha, one of their coffees. It'll be fine. Uh, all right. <laughs> we will talk about uh, we will talk about the indictment, uh, but we're talking about whether we're uh, answering the text question of the night is your what are your precautions if you take any for severe weather as we face this? Uh, and we will keep checking the weather. But first, we have to do this because, well, that's what we do on WTMJ. All right, on the other side of the news, we will get into your thoughts on the indictment. I have some thoughts. I know you have some thoughts on the former president being indicted. He's supposedly turning himself in on Tuesday. We also had, um, when you take your kids to school and you drop them off, how much responsibility are you placing on the teachers? And there's a there's a reason I'm asking this, and it's something that's a little bit disturbing, especially in light of what happened earlier in the week. But uh, we will be uh, we'll be talking about all of that. So a lot to get to, and tomorrow is April Fool's Day. So yeah, we we got a lot to do. Uh, Justin, I'm I'm looking at the radar I'm now. I'm worried about you. I'm going to be panicked about you the entire night. Is it getting bad? The radar not looking. Uh, it's look at listen. When we get off the air, it's going to be great. So the good news is when you're driving home tonight, it's going to be nice and clear. You're all right, that's all, that's all I care about. That's good. Well, sure. In the end, isn't that true of all of us? Really, <laughs> all, we, all we care about is how it's going to affect us. If it's going to be clear when, you, when we're driving home, that's perfect. Because right now we're inside. Uh, a 1262 uh, texter says, I turn on my 1980s scanner radio and listen to the local ham radio guys who activate as storm spotters. But sadly, they're fewer and fewer in number. I hope that's because they lost interest and not because they've been sucked up into the sky. All right, lot to go, but now we have to check the news. Let's head into the WTMJ Breaking News Center. Wyatt Barmore-Pooley has all the info. You're listening to WTMJ Nights. Brian Noonan, WTMJ Nights. Friday night, glad you're with me. Hopefully you are, uh, as Ario Speedwagon once so eloquently put it, riding the storm out. We are uh, keeping our eye on that. Our text question of the night is, uh, what precautions do you take before severe weather? If you take any, 855-616-1620. That, of course, the old National Bank talking text line. Uh, Jeff says, I use common sense. Watch or listen to the weather reports and alter my travel if necessary. Caroline was like you, Justin. You were not alone. She said, I was scared of storms until we spent a tornado warning in my aunt's basement, and she said the thunder was the angels bowling. Did you ever hear that one? I have. I have heard that one before. Did that help you? 
Yeah, yeah. Think of the Angels bowling? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, their shirts would have to be all weird, though, to make room for the wings, don't you think? They'd have to cut big holes in the back. Because <laughs> I'm guessing they have a league. If you're on a heavenly bowling league, you got to have the uniforms. Uh, she also says the fact that there was an amazing rainbow afterwards helped, too. Uh, Doug says, I live in an apartment, so there isn't much I can do except hope for the best. Is a bathroom good to go to for a tornado? They, you know, they say a bathtub in an, in a uh, is a good place to go. I don't know. You know, it depends. I'm guessing how high up you are in an apartment. Yeah, that would be that'd make me a little, uh, a little worried. Uh, Caroline says, if I'm awake and have the time, I curl up in my recliner. If this tornado watch becomes a warning, taking my cats to the bathroom. Uh, eight floors up, just a couple of blocks from the studios is going to be really. If it's going to be really bad, I'll go to the back staircase of the building with the cats. So my desk at work is in the back, no windows. So that's where we evacuate our customers to when we have to shelter in place. Then I'm wishing I was home with my pets. Yeah, you worry. I, you know, I always worry about the dogs if there's weather and we're not here. Obviously, anybody who has pets does that, but they seem to know. Animals seem to know where to get to. Like, if it gets really, really bad, even the old one who doesn't like to come downstairs when we ask her to, she'll she'll wise up. She'll scurry downstairs. But let's let's turn our attention for a minute to the grand jury in New York. You heard the news breaking yesterday. Former President Donald Trump indicted. Uh, now reports are that he will turn himself in on Tuesday. He's going to uh, to avoid, you know, somebody having to come and arrest him. He's going to turn himself in. But there will be the mugshot and the uh, and all of that, the fingerprinting, just like anybody else. And then, of course, he'll be released uh, either on his own recognizance or bail will be, you know, he'll be set out. Um, and I know there's a lot of people today who are cheering that. You know, it started last night. If you were on social media, everybody's oh, this is the greatest thing. If you're if you're not a fan of the president, and admittedly, I am not a fan of of um, the former president, but I am not cheering because let's be honest, I don't think anything is going to come of this. There, you know, there's reports of numerous numerous charges with this indictment. Those will be released when there's a trial, but. I really, I don't hold out any hope. You know, we talked about it last week, if people are above the law. And I do believe that if you are powerful enough, you are above the law. And yes, there is an indictment. According to many legal experts, the case is tenuous. But there must be enough, because I don't think anybody is going, any district attorney, especially in a large city like like New York, is going to risk their career on a case that doesn't have at least some teeth in it. Now I could be I could be wrong and we'll find that out when the trial starts, but as of right now, for the first time in our country's history, a former president has been indicted on criminal charges and to me it is a harbinger of things to come that this is not going to be the last time this happens. Uh, if you look at the way our government functions, it has become so fractured that 
it's just it's just getting worse and worse. And I I hate to sound I hate to sound pessimistic, especially with a storm looming, and it's like I'm just adding to adding fuel to the fire. It's a Friday night. We're supposed to be having fun, and we will. We're gonna we're gonna start having fun pretty soon. Uh, if we haven't had fun already, we've had fun at Justin's expense because he's a scaredy cat. But other than that, we're you know. But this is this is how do we how do we not as people with any sort of opinions talk about this and think what is going on and this is not while this is the first time this happened i don't think 20 years from now it's going to be as much of an aberration as it is now i think we're we're going to have more and more powerful politicians once they're out of office or maybe you know while they're still in office get indicted uh the word is that the judge who handled the uh Trump fraud case for their payroll corporation uh, is going to be uh, sitting on this case too. His name is Juan Merchant. He will be uh, he will be presiding over the case. So Alvin Bragg's office, that's a DA in New York, came out and said, "Listen, we had three House Republican chairmen who wanted him to come down and testify." And uh, they didn't uh, respond to those requests because really the House has absolutely no power over metropolitan district attorneys. So they were like, hey, we're just going to let that go because uh, you can't really call us down to testify because we haven't done anything. It was um, it was strange. Uh, Stormy Daniels, you know Stormy Daniels. I know, Justin, you're very keenly aware of Stormy Daniels, almost uh, in a problematic way. But uh, she said she's not, you know, before... Last week, she was saying, oh, if he gets indicted, I'll dance in the streets. Uh, then the indictment came down. She said she's not really happy about it. It's not uh, It's not good. And I was reading something else today that said another payment he made or is alleged to have made to the National Enquirer, who then paid it to another adult star or former playmate, I should say. I guess there's a uh, there's a difference. I don't want to belittle these women. Uh, there is a difference. This is a former playmate. That could come into play during the New York case as well, and we'll see what other charges. But do you think anything is going to come of this? I I don't. I think if if there's going to be any kind of any kind of uh, verdict, guilty verdict, it's going to come in Georgia. That they have, they have the tapes. They have them on the phone, trying to trying to change the outcome of the election. So if that's if if an indictment comes in Georgia, I think that would be more serious. I know that's one that everybody is watching. There, are, there are a number of pending or rumored indictments. The first one has come down, and it is, uh, I don't know, it's not good for the country. This is not, it, it's it's just not, just not. Uh, the Justice Department has a two-pronged investigation. Uh, they're reviewing the ro- his, uh, Trump's role in the Capitol attack and the discovery of classified documents in Mar-a-Lago. You know the one in Georgia about um, potential election fraud. So this one for campaign fund misappropriation in New York, you know, it's it's a crime. That crime is just a misdemeanor, but they're they're saying the other stuff could bump it up to a felony. I don't know. Um, 
Oh, Taylor says the only result that will come out of this is uh, in the, out of this indictment is that we'll know the district attorney in New York's name, then it will be forgotten like Chris Darden. So, yeah, but now you bring up Chris Darden's name, everybody's like, oh, that's the OJ guy. We know all about him. Um, yeah, so we will see. We'll see what happens. All right, we got to do this, and then there is a whole lot more. How much responsibility do you think teachers have to have? More than you would take yourself? I'll, I'll tell you why I'm asking after this on WTMJ Nights. Brian Noonan, WTMJ Nights. The uh, horrible story earlier in the week, uh, it was Monday, about the uh, school shooting again, another one. And um, in this one in Nashville, of course, you know, now, you know, now it's kind of pushed to the side already. It's only Friday. We're not thinking about it too much because, oh, look, look, our former president got indicted. We've got all kinds of things going on. Uh, and again, the other night, I said nothing was ever going to get done. And I believe that because just like an insurance actuary, we have put a value, monetary value, as a country on the loss of lives whether it's children's lives or other people's lives in these mass shootings, and uh, weighed it against gun lobbies and other interests, and uh, the victims have lost out. And I know that's a horrible way to think about things, but come on, let's be honest, that's true. But that being, that being said, if you're a parent and you send your kids to school, how much do you expect the teachers there to do if something, God forbid, happens like it did in Nashville or countless other places that we've heard of over the years? Because we always hear the stories of the teachers who go above and beyond and who save some kids or put themselves in harm's way and those people are, without a doubt, heroes. But then there was a story today uh, about a high school in Denver. And there was a shooting threat there. And 14 teachers left. They, they took off. It's Thompson School District, uh, Loveland High School. A uh, district spokesperson confirmed that 14 teachers, quote, departed the Loveland High School campus while school was still in session, uh, that was following a safe-to-tell tip about a planned shooting at the school. Uh, a sophomore said some students were told to go to the cafeteria. Others just mingled in the hallway. There was no direction on what the kids were supposed to do. Uh, obviously, parents are not happy about this. They questioned why teachers left before the school was officially canceled. One, um, one person said these kids had no idea what to do. Uh, how can this happen in this day and age with so much attention drawn to this subject? A school district spokesman, of course, declined to comment on the school protocol during an active shooter investigation, citing security concerns, which I think we can all understand. You don't want to you don't want to put out there what you do when this is happening for fear that it's going to give somebody information that you don't want them to have. But they're in the process of engaging and partnering with uh, the high school staff to reflect and review protocols as they move forward. At first blush, you want, to, you want to bash these teachers, don't you? You want to call them cowards. You want to say they should have stayed and protected the kids. 
Um, because that was my first that was my first reaction too. And then today at school, I'm in an elementary school. One of our middle schools had to go on lockdown because somebody brought a loaded gun to school. And this is 100% true. I'm not making it up just to be, uh, you know, one of those guys on the radio who's going to, you know, throw out hot takes and generate generate buzz. This is this really happens. So I started thinking, and, and a bunch of teachers and I were having conversation on Tuesday after the Nashville shooting. And, you know, we, we all have the best intentions. We all want to do the right thing, and I'm sure your kids' teachers, just like my daughter's teachers when she was in school, and hopefully myself and the teachers the teachers in, in my school, want to protect those kids. But can you understand why some people would take off? We all want to think of ourselves as heroes. We all want to think that we are brave enough to confront a shooter. I would like to think that even if even if I'm not, listen, I'm no superhero, um, but I would like to think that at least I would stay put in, my, in a locked room with the kids, if nothing else, than to keep them from being more terrified and traumatized than they would be. And I think that's the bare minimum we could we can expect. But I also I also don't know how much I can crucify figuratively, of course, these teachers for taking off. Now you did abandon you, you did abandon your post basically. You're you know you're there, and part of part of the thing of being in school is you're there to educate and keep kids safe. But can you can you understand it? 855-616-1620, the old National Bank talk and text line. Now, these are high school kids, so maybe you say, okay, uh, high school kids a little more able to take care of themselves. I don't know if that excuses it. I'm not, I'm not giving free pass to these 14 teachers, but there's a part of me that, thinks that that gets it that i i can get it i'm not saying i would do it i'm not saying it shouldn't be looked into and perhaps some sort of punishment for these teachers for leaving school early but if you knew there was going to be if it was rumored that there was going to be a shooting in your place of work would you just take off or would you hang around to see if it was going to happen and if the school, you know, if you're there, say you're in a school, you're in a school, this tip comes through that there was a threat about a planned shooting. The administration isn't shutting down the school and sending people home. The district is making, is keeping school in session despite the threat. How responsible do you feel about staying? Because then I'm like, well, wait. It's my job, theoretically, to keep my students safe. It's the administration and the district's responsibility to keep me safe because I didn't sign up to be a martyr. 
So if it's not coming my way, I can't I can't fault people for leaving. I, I would hope that they would tell somebody else that they were leaving. So the kids, I don't want the kids being left to their own devices during this. But I also think it's incumbent upon the district. If you get a threat like that, and I know that might set a precedent where they go, well, we can't, you know, every threat, we can't close the school. Well, why not? In the big picture, why not? Because then it's going to force people to investigate who made the threat and prosecute them. That's going to cut down because kids are all good about copying other people's actions until they see they're going to get in real trouble. And that's, uh, that's it. From the 262, those teachers are in no way responsible for staying. Their lives are way more important. I have kids in the Waukesha School District. They're not saviors, and nowhere in their contracts does it say you have to lay down your life if a shooter comes in. These kids many have many active shooter drills every year. My son is a sophomore and has never lived a day in school not practicing for an active shooter. Shame on parents who believe these teachers should risk their lives. Yeah, I... As somebody who's in that in that space, I don't know. I don't know. All right. After 7 o'clock, we are going to turn our attention to something a little more lighthearted. It's April Fool's Day tomorrow. I want you to tell me about the best prank that you ever pulled or was pulled on you. We'll do that after. And uh, if you want to keep texting in about this, we'll, uh, we'll talk about your reactions to after the news on WTMJ. The day is over, but the night has just begun. This is WTMJ Nights, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Here's your host, Brian Noonan. Happy Friday. Glad you're with us. Oh, my goodness. We're, uh, we're here until, well, until the storm is supposed to pass. Because looking at the radar, by about 9, 9.30... Milwaukee and most of southeast Wisconsin is going to be out of out of issues by 10, 10.30. It'll be like this never happened. So hopefully we can all be safe for the next couple hours. And uh, we'll do our best to keep you entertained and uh, keep you definitely informed why it'll be checking in throughout, not just at the top and bottom of the hour during the newscast to give us updates on the weather. So keep it right here. Boy, that sounded, I know that sounded very old school radio. Keep it right here, folks. We will keep you safe. But Listen, we will. So, you know, uh, we were talking right before the news, and I want to read a couple, a couple more responses to, to this. There was a um, a threat of a planned shooting at a high school in Denver, and fourteen teachers left. They just decided, you know what, for whatever reason, they're they're not staying. Now that left a lot of the students not knowing where to go or what to do. And, of course, parents are outraged. And I can see that. If I were a parent, I would be upset, too. But as somebody who is who works in the school system, I also know that there is a lot of, a lot heaped on teachers that they're not ready for. Teachers did not sign up to be heroes. Does that excuse them? No, but they're also parents. They have families. Uh, if the district wasn't looking out for them, I can't, I can't fault them a hundred percent. I want, I want to think that teachers will at least lock down in the classroom, 
like I told you, there was a lockdown at one of the middle schools in my district today. And we were getting texts from a teacher that had worked in our building that's now in, working in sixth grade at the middle school. And they were on a, they, they had found the gun. They had found the loaded gun. Um, so they were on a quote-unquote soft lockdown. But if there's a credible or if there's a threat and the district isn't doing anything about it, I don't know. I can't really fault them. Uh, from the 414, if I'm in work, yes, I'm going to leave because I don't have any responsibility to take care of anyone else. But the teachers, on the other hand, should have stayed in the classroom and done what their protocol stated. Uh, Taylor has a different a different thought. Uh, he's, he's saying uh, the same people who believe these teachers should lay down their lives for their students, the same ones who think they make too much money. Yeah, that's catch-22, isn't it? Taylor, uh, teachers make too much money and they get the summers off. But, you know, if a shooter comes in, they should they should uh, put themselves in the line of fire. Now, listen, our first instinct, I think, as human beings, is if a kid is in danger, we're going to do our best to protect that kid, whether it's our kid or, if you're a teacher, somebody else's kids. But I also think those those teachers and those parents, or, or those teachers need to be protected, too. And unless you've been in a um, a lockdown drill, because we can't call them active shooter drills anymore, because that's too scary for the kids, but having them all huddle in a corner, turning off the lights, locking the doors, and closing the blinds, and telling them to not make a sound, that's, I guess, not scary? But using the term active shooter is traumatizing? I don't know how that works. I don't think it makes much sense. You probably don't think it makes any sense either, uh, but that's how it is. But if you've never been in one of those, it's it's rough. And if you're not, if you're not like if you're a parent, I can't. I I don't know how you do it anymore. Sending your kids off to school every day, except that you just do what most of us do, which is just kind of block it out and pray that. Today's not the day that your school is is the target. Because if we lived in that kind of fear every day, we'd be paralyzed. We wouldn't be able to do anything. And that goes that goes for all areas of life. But I'm sure my daughter is grown now. She's she's not in school. But I'm sure if my kids were in school, especially after a, an event happened like on Monday, I would always be thinking about it, at least a little. Not every day, but maybe, you know, you drop your kid off or they get on the bus or you send them out the door to walk to school. There's that little pang. And maybe, you know, you forget and you, and you go, well, I, I like their teacher very much. I'm, I, she's She or he is a, is a good teacher. They seem to really care about the kids. But would they, you know, are they willing are they willing to take a bullet for my kid? And I don't know how many of us are willing to take a bullet for anybody else. You'd probably take a bullet for your own kid. You might, depending on the day, take a bullet for your spouse. I'm kidding. Um Justin, I know, has pledged to take a bullet for me, and I appreciate that, Justin. Of course. Unless there's a storm, then he's scared he's gonna be under the under the desk. That is true. But <laughs> if it's a clear day, 
and above 75 and no wind, Justin will take a bullet for me. But the conditions have to be optimal, which I found. <laughs> I, I wasn't quite sure about that. I don't know why. I don't know why there were so many you know, conditions on it. But listen, as long as I know on that rare thing, he'll do it. But I, I don't know. Well, I do know. We can't expect. We can't expect teachers to do that. And when something like this happens, we have to investigate it. We have to figure it out. But we can't. You know, I don't think it's a fireable offense. I think these teachers probably were, well, they're obviously they're afraid. They're thinking of their own kids. They're thinking of their families. They want to get home. And if and the district, you know, is making them stay. So it's rough. But good luck, parents. I, you know, I don't know. I don't know how you do it anymore because this wasn't, this wasn't an issue when my daughter was in school. I don't remember it being an issue when we were in school. It would happen... It would happen so, so rarely that it was such an abomination. But even back then, we didn't really do anything to stop it. And we're not going to do anything to stop it now. So we better figure out better figure out what we're going to do uh, with teachers who, you know, rightfully want to get home alive, too. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, how did April Fool's Day start? And I've already got a couple of the best pranks either you pulled or you had pulled on you. 855-616-1620. That's the Old National Bank talk and text line. Old National Bank, get old. It's WTMJ Nights. And let myself on my Wow, we're getting some soul. That's what I like. Being a little funky. All up here on WTMJ Nights. I'm Brian Noonan, 855-616-1620. Is the old National Bank talking text line. April Fool's Day is only about five hours away. I don't know if you start your pranks at uh, 12.01. Why not? Beat the rush. Get everybody freaked out. I have. Uh, I try to... Keep my head down during April Fool's Day. I was only the victim of a prank once. I'll share that with you. But I want to know the best prank you ever had pulled on you or the best prank you ever pulled. Um, April Fool's Day dates back a long, long way. Uh, there were holidays similar to April Fool's Day in ancient Rome and Britain. But then there was a poem, a Flemish poem in 1561, in which a nobleman sent his servant on a quote-unquote fool's errand on April 1st, according to a history of the holiday. Um, then the Catholic Church may have also had a hand in bringing April Fool's Day to the forefront. Earlier in history, there was a Feast of Fools, which was held in medieval France and England on January 1st. But the practice was banned in the 15th century. By the 19th century, April Fool's Day had become a mainstay of American culture. First of April is the day we remember what we are the other 364 days of the year. That according to Mark Twain. So then people started pulling pranks uh, and doing all kinds of things. Justin, have you ever been pranked on April Fool's Day? Oh, Brian, April Fool's Day is my birthday. I'm the king. It's your birthday tomorrow? It is, and I am the prank king. 
Oh, all right. Well, first of all, happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. My Jordan My year, birthday is actually Monday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, the fourth? Is Wait, that, you're is that the tw- you're only going to be 23? I, I will be. Yes, Jordan year. 23. Oh, you're over the hill. What's going on with you? <laughs> 23. My goodness. So, all right. When did you become the prank king? And what, oh. prank, what prank do you think was the one that set you over the top yeah so me and my brother used to do this every single year probably from like elementary school till high school but we would have like a prank war basically if you prank the other <laughs> one you get a point that's pretty much how how it went um the best ones that ever happened to me <laughs> was my dad put saran wrap on the toilet seat I thought that was just an urban legend. Your dad actually did it? Oh, he did that. Yeah, he did that. I went to go take a pee at, like, I don't know, maybe right when I woke up, went everywhere. My mom was furious. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So that's the best one that's ever happened to me. I love doing the bucket and water. You know, I don't know what it is. I just love the satisfaction of someone opening a door, and then they just get completely soaked in water. So that's my go-to. All right, so that works? Yes, that is my go-to. Again, that's something I've seen uh, in movies and stuff, but I Uh didn't know anybody actually did it. No, that's that's one I would do every single year. It's always the worst when it happens to someone that you weren't supposed to prank. So it's happened. (laughs) So I'm trying to get my brother, and my mom has definitely opened the door. She's always, she's not the fan of the April Fool's jokes, because me, my brother, and my dad would ruin the house, but... Yeah, we got we got pretty crazy on the April Fool's jokes for sure. Vaseline on the doorknob, that's another good one too. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh-huh. I'm glad I'm not coming over to visit. <laughs> and your poor mom, your poor mom who's not involved in these pranks at all. Oh yeah, she seems to well, she's got to clean up the bathroom. So after that's your, the thing. your yeah, dad and your high screaming. She's screaming saying clean this up at least and we we would clean it <laughs> I don't, up, but it's not, I can't not blame the way her. she was. Yeah, she doesn't need to be cleaning up all that <laughs> after your chicanery. I, that would be horrible. Just to splash it. Like, it's like peeing on a bongo drum. That would be awful. Um, this this one came in from Al. And you know, Al, Al usually has something grumpy to say when he texts in. Not about us, just in general. Uh, that seems to be Al's demeanor, which we enjoy quite a bit. But I love this. Uh, he said, when my dad was still around, he went in the basement and started yelling for my mom that he needed help. He had his arms up holding a water pipe. He told her it was about to fall and burst, and that she needed to hold it up while he went to the garage to get something to fix it. She hurriedly hurriedly grabbed the pipe and held her arms over her head, trying to keep it in place while my dad went upstairs, made a snack, and sat down to read the paper. Not sure how long she was there with her arms burning above her head, but she's still mad about that one 20 years later. (laughs) Al, it doesn't sound like the apple falls far from the tree. That is a... That, now, Justin, are you writing that one down? That sounds like a good one. I am, dude. I I love the April Fool's jokes. I think you're. I I think if you did that to your mom, she would finally disown you. Yeah, she definitely would. I'm sleeping. That outside. would be. That would be about it. Uh, you know, I've dealt with the splatter in the bathroom. I've dealt with getting doused with a bucket of water. Uh, now you've made me stand in the basement holding up a pipe that didn't need to be held up for an hour and a half. Uh, I'm sorry, my son, but you need to move out. It's time to go. Doug says, I went to a movie with my girlfriend back in high school. Came out in no car. Looked all over for it. She's getting upset. My brother had moved the car. Finally found it with an April Fool's note on it. Oh, 
I like ones like that and like uh, Al's dad's because they're and yours too, Justin. They're not they're not really cruel. They're just they inconvenience you. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And they're you know if they're not happening to you, they're really funny. Caroline, uh, wishing you a happy birthday, Justin. Oh, thank you, thank you. Big plans for your 23rd birthday? What does one do on a 23rd birthday? Yeah, so that's what I'm trying to figure out um, before I came up here to work. Because we were supposed to watch my brother play baseball. He plays baseball for Indiana State, and they're playing Oh, U- nice. Yeah, they're playing UIC this weekend. But that game got canceled tomorrow. So I think, oh. yeah, I think we're just going to do like a family dinner. My girlfriend's coming in town. And then on Sunday, I'm going to go out to dinner with all my friends. Sounds nice. Yeah, probably hit a brewery or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I get a birthday weekend, twenty-three. Yeah, exactly. Your whole life's ahead of you. There we go. Good for you, man. I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> um, here were some. Here were some uh, good. All right, I will share. I will share the April Fool's prank that was perpetrated on me. First, we have to do this, then it'll be news time. But uh, more stories are always welcome. The best April Fool's prank you've ever pulled or one that you could never forget that has been pulled on you, 855-616-1620. It's the old National Bank talking text line, and this is WTMJ Nights. It is WTMJ Nights. I'm Brian Noonan. We are on the eve of April Fool's Day, also known as Justin's birthday. Young man turning 23 to... Do we even remember being 23? Trying to think. I don't, I don't know if I do, unfortunately. Uh, but happy birthday in advance, Justin. Uh, we will keep you posted. The severe weather, of course, running through the area. Um, you just heard, Craig, you just heard Wyatt. We will, uh, if anything, anything changes, we will definitely keep you informed. If you want to keep us informed about what's going on where you are weather-wise, of course, you can always jump on the old National Bank Talk and text line, 855-616-1620, and uh, let us know. We'll share that, and hopefully uh, if you're letting us know, we can let other people know, and everybody can get through this together. We just have to make it about another two hours, and we'll be out of it. You know, as I'm looking at the uh, enhanced radar from – it's funny, on nights like this, I really don't – I really do not look at uh, enhanced radar except for – except for uh, when there's severe weather. But, yeah, it looks like by 10 o'clock we should be pretty much uh, out of everything. So we're talking about April Fool's. Um, April Fool's Day, of course, tomorrow. I was looking for your best pranks that you've pulled or the best and most memorable pranks you had pulled on you. Uh, From the 262, when I went to school in Boston, some fraternity guys borrowed, in quotes, a big steer from out front of a suburban steakhouse, and somehow overnight put it atop the main school building's big concrete dome with a sign saying, I'm lost, help me get back to the name of the steakhouse. Uh, the traffic copters made it an unexpected sunrise news story. No clue how they pulled that off without getting caught and uh, and what means they used to get it up on the big dome. Yeah, that would be... that. That's a top-notch prank that is... I'm guessing at least weeks in the planning stages. Uh, another 262, when I was in high school, some of my friends and me went up to Pike Lake and moved someone's outhouse back about 10 feet. 
Uh, and you know what happened after that. I don't want to think about that. But yes, I unfortunately, I do uh, know what happened after that. The one that I will always remember, and it t- took place when I was not much younger than our, our young Justin here. I was a senior in college. And I don't know if you guys had these dreams or fears as you got closer to graduation that something was not right that either you had missed a class or there something that it was going to come time for graduation and all of a sudden they were going to oh yeah you know what you didn't uh, you don't have all your credits you're not graduating and then you have to tell your parents and your whole family now is not coming for graduation it turns into a whole big thing and so i had that fear and that dream and i made a mistake of telling my roommates who feigned concern. Like, ah, oh, don't worry about it. You'll be fine. Everything, you know, everything's good. You're okay. I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. I know I am. I, I've been checking my transcripts. I talked to my car. Everything was good. I was on I was on track. So one day I go to campus mail and I get all right. We'll we'll Continue this story after we are covering the severe weather. And with that, let's go to Wyatt Barmore Pooley. You're listening to WTMJ Nights. It is Brian Noonan, a crazy Friday night here on WTMJ Nights. Of course, we are going to keep you updated on everything that is going on weather-wise. My thanks again, Wyatt Barmore Pooley and uh, Craig Copeline, who were on for the last hour or so. We were covering everything. No tornado warnings in effect right now. We are still um, for until 930 under a severe thunderstorm warning for the bottom third of bottom two thirds of Milwaukee County into Racine County, um, that according to the National Weather Service. And if anything if anything pops up, Wyatt will join us again, and uh, we will go from there. Wild night, Justin. It's, uh, this, is, this is what I, I actually love this kind of stuff from a radio perspective because it shows how immediate we can cover stuff that other places can't. And so, um, you know, hopefully... If you're listening and you were in an area that was, you know, being targeted by some of this really severe weather, we were able to uh, to get you out of the way. And I'm not uh, that's not self congratulations. It's just that's what that's what this is for, and uh, it's it's good to be a part of it. So we've got uh, we've got the weather, and but we also have the final four now. As a degenerate gambler, Justin, you must have been very very excited. That yes. uh, sports betting is now available at the Potawatomi Casino. You can stop by after work. You can throw a couple bucks down on something. Is that? Do you? I know you use other. You use sites and things. Would you ever go to a sports book to make some bets? Yeah, of course I would. I don't understand. I mean, I understand what a sports book is. I've been in some, and I've been in some in Vegas during the Final Four, and it is. It's insane. I wouldn't even know where to begin. But it's basically the same bets you would make anywhere else, right? Maybe, a, yeah. maybe a few more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty much the same deal. You're just in a betting environment, if that makes sense. All right. Now we know uh, the heartbreak that you endured yes. when your beloved Kansas Jayhawks were bounced out. Yes. Yes. This this final four is 
I'm guessing you didn't have any of these Final Four teams. You didn't have Florida, Atlantic, San Diego State, Miami, or UConn in your Final Four? I had Miami. I actually had Miami. Did you really? Yeah, I had Miami. I'm a big Miami guy this year. And I actually had UConn in one of my brackets just because it was either Kansas or UConn to me. So okay. that side of the bracket I actually feel like is pretty, I'm not going to say normal, but it, okay. there was a definitely realistic chance for Miami and UConn to get there. But then the left yeah, side... Yeah, there's a five and a four seed respectively, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. And UConn was number two in the country in December. So they, like, if the tournament started in December, they would have been a one seed. And, okay. Yeah, and Miami led the conference ACC pretty much the entire year. So both very, very good teams. Um, it's just a matter of that left side. It's just they're newer teams, lower seeds, and I'm not really sure how people are taking that, I guess. Well, do you like when there's... Do you like when there's upsets and some of the, the teams that nobody expected make it? Or are you a guy who wants to see um, who wants to see the top seeds make it all the time? Um, yeah, so, I mean, for me, I kind of like all the upsets that happen early on in the bracket, if that makes sense. And by the time... <laughs> yeah, not, not, yeah, down, not yeah, down to the early part? Yeah, later exactly, parts. exactly. So by the time the Final Four hits, I do like to see... You know, I'm not going to say the bigger name teams, but at least teams that I guess I'm not going to say should deserve to win the national championship because anyone in that tournament has the right. Yeah, to, I was going to say they're yeah, all exactly. They're all there. But it's definitely a little bit weird. It puts a weird taste in your mouth for sure. Like last year, we had all the blue bloods in the final four, and this year it's completely different. So I do like it, but it's definitely a little bit weird, and I know some people aren't a fan of it. Uh, what do you think? Are you a fan of this, or do you want you want the I blue like boys it. in there? I mean, I since uh, I went to Southern Illinois, we never, you know, we're not going to get this far. Usually, if we do, the couple times we've gotten into the tournament, we're out pretty quick. So I don't have a dog in the race, but or a horse in the race, or a dog in the fight, or skin in the game, whatever analogy you want to use. I don't have it. So I do kind of like seeing teams that maybe had never gotten a, you know. Eh, maybe they'll get there. They might not last. I like it. So, you know, it gets boring for me year after year. Like you said, last year, last year, who was it? It was Duke. It was Duke, uh, North Carolina, Kansas, Villanova. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All mm -hmm. right. We've seen it. We've seen it before. And that uh, that's not to take away from any of those programs. That's great. But I think the beauty of the NCAA tournament is that anybody on any night can come up and make a run. And usually... You know, you follow a couple teams, and they make those early upsets, and they make a little bit of a run. But by the time you get to the Final Four, everything shakes out. This year, I like it. I like that there's a couple teams that nobody expected to be there. So if you're looking at that game tomorrow, the first game, Florida Atlantic, San Diego State, you're a man mm -hmm. who has his eye on basketball all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, who are you putting your money on? Where are you, where are you looking to make your cash, Justin? Yeah, so this game is going to be an interesting one. So if you look at it right now on any sports book, it should be San Diego State is favored by two and a half points, meaning that they're expected to win by three points is what Vegas is saying. I'm, I'm going to lean the other direction on this one. I'm going to take FAU plus three. 
I think I think the momentum is just going to carry on. The problem with this game in FAU is that they really do not shoot the three-point ball well, and San Diego State emphasizes on perimeter defense. So this game is going to be slow-paced. It's going to be a lot of points in the paint. And with that being said, I will be riding the under in the in the whole entire game, and that is set at 132, I believe, 132 total points, and I will be throwing okay. the under on that game. So FAU wow. and the under. Mm-hmm. All right, let's take a break, and then I want you to break down sure. uh, Miami and UConn, sure. two teams that you said you had in the Final Four in some of your brackets. Uh, yeah, it's a little college basketball. I don't know if you know this. Justin loves to bet on basketball. It's WTMJ Nights. All is There you are. Brian Nooner, WTMJ Nights. We are keeping our eye on the weather, and we'll update you if anything changes. Uh, you just heard Wyatt mention that we are still under a severe thunderstorm warning uh, until 930 and a tornado watch. Uh, but the tornado warnings have been allowed to expire or canceled early in some cases. But uh, we'll we'll keep you updated. Things are, you know, still we're still in the heart of it. But it only got to make it about another hour or so, maybe hour and a half, and then everything will be done. So stay safe if you are in there, and if you are in uh, Delavan or Elkhorn or toward East Troy. I'd like to know how it went. We were uh, we were talking to Craig Copeland for a while. That area was of grave concern to everybody. So if you are in that area, now that things have calmed down a little bit, if you'd like to uh, let us know what happened, 855-616-1620, of course, is the old National Bank talking text line. All right, we're in the middle of a little Final Four discussion with our resident handicapper, basketball expert you are people may not know this about you justin but you write mm-hmm. for a couple of basketball th- things right i do sites i do yeah so i do player reports for rotowire college basketball that's a blast and then me and my buddy uh talk some college basketball betting on our uh, podcast chasing cheddar you can find that on apple podcast so we have a blast doing that yeah man college wow, bat- look at that nice plug by the way yeah right put that in real quick um yeah you got it <laughs> yeah all right so you're yeah. picking florida atlantic mm-hmm. to win and you're also going with the under on the total points i am in the first game mm-hmm. which is uh you said 132 was the line for the over under yes sir mm-hmm. all right so now let's move to miami a five seed versus UConn, a four seed. UConn's been to the dance a few times. Mm-hmm. Uh, you said you had both of them in your final four in different brackets. So what are you looking at? Yeah, so this is arguably going to be the clear best game of the weekend. And some are even saying that this is the final matchup right here between these two teams because whoever wins this game, people are tending, uh, trending towards that winner winning the whole thing. So this is definitely an important game. It's going to be a very, very good one. A battle between two brilliant coaches as well, so it's going to be a very well-coached game. Um, So right now, UConn is favored by five points. So again, that means that they're expected to beat Miami by five. And that game, it's going to be close. I'm not going to touch that spread necessarily. I'm looking at the under in this game. So if you remember correctly, I said 132 for the first game was the over-under. This game is 150. 
150 is the over under. 150? Uh-huh. 150 in the over under, which right. which is a lot of points. It's pretty much saying each team scores at least 70 points. I'm going to take the under in this game and this is why. Despite Miami being such a good and fast-paced team, they are 246th in the country in interior defense. Now, what that means is stopping the ball in the inside, near the paint, near the basket, right? UConn is 50th in the country in scoring in the paint, scoring down low. So where I'm getting at this is it could be a very long day for Miami if UConn is really working that paint, which they can do. They have two bigs who are, have been fantastic all year long, and they can give Miami trouble. For Miami, it's going to be a lot of guard play, a lot of fast-paced play. And the thing is, if you can kind of tell the direction of this game by halftime. If Miami has over 30 points at half, and if you're rooting for the U, that's going to be a good sign. If they have under 30 points at halftime, it's going to be a scary sight for Miami for the rest of the way. It's going to be a good game. Again, I'm taking the under here. And if I was forced to pick a line, I would pick UConn minus 5 even though I would like to see Miami cut down the nets at the end of the tournament. Wow, all right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's exciting. Now, is this, uh, obviously, these are your your thoughts. Are you finding that your thoughts align with other people who, in the handicapping game? Yeah, yeah, so I can get to that. I mean, if you just look at the entire board across all four teams, UConn is favored to win the tournament at minus money, minus 125. So if you were to put down 120 bucks, you would only win $100 for UConn to win the whole thing. And then you have San Diego State at plus 400, Miami at plus 475, and Florida Atlantic at plus 625. So what is it? Explain it. Yeah. Explain that again, because I'll be honest. No matter how many times it's explained, I never quite understand that. Yeah, so this is obviously more juiced odds because you're taking a team to basically win their game on Saturday and then win the national championship game. Right. Yeah, so let's use San Diego State for an example. They have the second best odds at plus 400. That would be if you just put $100 on San Diego State to win it all, and if they did that, you would win 400, four times the amount that you put in. Mm -hmm. Got it. Mm -hmm. All right, now I understand it's gonna be right. yeah. It's but gonna be a great. That's not weekend. gonna happen, right? <laughs> I don't think so. No, I don't think San Diego State will win. But if they do, we can play this back and we can hear me act the fool. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, listen, you're 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 good. We're putting it out there. Who do you think's winning it all? Yeah. Is it now? I know it's gonna be either Miami or UConn, according to you. Mm-hmm. You want to see Miami win it all? You said. Do you yes. think they have enough to actually do it? Oh yeah, they definitely have enough. Uh, their their starting five could be one of the best starting fives in college basketball, despite them being undersized. But they just have some exciting players. I mean, Isaiah Wong, Nigel Pack. And Jordan Miller are just three of the five. Three, honestly, of the whole team because they are pretty deep. But those three guys will put on a show despite what UConn has defensively. So you already mentioned it, but and I already said it. I hope Miami wins, but I just see UConn winning it all. All right. Uh, we got an update. We were asking you if you were in the line of those storms that were, uh, that were um, running through uh, Jefferson County that we were talking about earlier to let us know. Mike, is in, Mike from Whitewater says, I was just hiding in the car wash at the Quick Trip in East Troy, next to I-43, and the storm blew through with high winds. 
it seems okay now. So be careful out there. All right, we got to do this, and we'll come back. We'll start wrapping up. We'll get another weather update on WTMJ Nights.